1: I truly believe that as a church, when we are marked by miracles, this testimony is going to go forth. This testimony is about getting Jesus out there, getting the gospel message out to those who need to hear it. This is not part of my message, but we were driving to church, and our, vi- our newer minivan that we have has a DVD player. Which I'll tell you what, I didn't think that we needed a DVD player in our minivan and now I realize that it's probably one of the greatest inventions that anybody has ever come up with that they put into a car. This, the device here about changing this and maps, this is great. Google Maps, probably a close second. The DVD player for the children, number one by far. And so we were listening to a movie called Charlotte's Web. Anybody ever hear the movie Charlotte's Web? Yes, most people. Well, Charlotte's Web, we just happened to be driving to church this morning, and the exact time was the time where Charlotte spun the web and put on, what was the first one she did? Some pig. pig. And it was interesting to me, so sometimes when you watch a movie, you don't pick up everything that's happening, but when you only listen to the movie because you can't see it, you start to hear things that you haven't heard before. And they start using the word, wow, this was a miracle. Wow, this was miraculous. Wow, this was amazing. Wow, this was remarkable. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, we're doing a series called Marked by Miracles, and Charlotte's Web here is encouraging me with the word. Because guess what they said is, we need to tell people about this. This is what they did. Like, Look at this. This is unbelievable. It's amazing. We need to go tell people. And they started running out, going and telling the whole town. It was in the newspaper, everybody came to see the pig. How much better is it that we have Jesus Christ available? How much better is it that the vision says, let them come and see Jesus and what he's doing at this church and around this area? Church, I am so excited about what God is doing in this area. It's, it's, whew, it's remarkable. And let me tell you what remarkable means. Are you ready to hear what remarkable means? Remarkable means this. Extraordinary, exceptional, amazing, astonishing, astounding, marvelous, wonderful. Yeah, just the word remarkable, marked by miracles. It is remarkable what God is doing in this town. It is remarkable that Grace Church is having revival services and they are seeing the same type of healings that we're seeing right here. Church is happening at church after church after church in this area. Church, I believe that revival is coming. I believe that God said that this church will be 500 and then he said this vision is too small. So you want to talk about a vision for the church? I don't know what that means. It's too small. I don't know if we're all supposed to be here. We've got multiple campuses. I don't understand what it all means, but I'm telling you, 500, he was like laughing at us, like, no, 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 this vision is too small. And church, I can tell you the number that keeps coming to my head. Everywhere I look, everywhere I turn, every time I pray, there's a number that I get back. I'm not saying this is the size of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. I'm saying this is what God wants to do in Erie County, and the number is 30,000. And I'm telling you, it's just a beginning. 30,000 people. Now, what 30,000? Where does this come from? I mean, I don't know. It happened on a Wednesday night months ago. I was like, 1,000 people. Everyone who's standing up praying represents 1,000 people that are going to be changed and reached in Erie, Pennsylvania. And there was 30 people in here. I'm like, okay, well, that means 30,000, right? We all can do the math. And so then I start reading a book, and it says something about this and multiplication, and I open the book, and it says, and 30,000 people came to know the Lord in this small town somewhere in Iowa. What? We're not even in a small town. We're in a big town. So $30,000 30, is just the baseline of people that God is going to reach in this town. So I'm excited for what he's going to go do. I am excited about it. And I just I get so excited, obviously. I get so excited about this. So the, the Scripture verse, Job 5, 8 and 9 This is the key verse that we're going to be using for the rest of this series. Job 5, verse 8 and 9, it says this. But if I were you, I would appeal to God. If I were you, looking in the mirror, if I were you, I would appeal to God. I would lay my cause before him. Lay the cause before him. Whatever cause is in your life, whatever miracle that you need this morning, put it at his feet. Lay it before him. Just put it there. Stop holding on to it. He wants to take it. Cast your cares, for he cares for you. On Wednesday night, we said, cast your cares. What does cast mean? It means to, like, aggressively throw it out there. Like, get it out. Get it to the altar. If you're, you know what, the further back you are, the harder you have to throw your care to get it up here to the altar. (laughs) So for those who are closer, it's kind of like a little roll, a little toss. But in general, guys, get it off. This is what he's saying. You want a miracle in your life? Throw it to him. Verse 9, he performs wonders that cannot be fathomed, miracles that cannot be counted. It can't be counted. I am trying to count them. But he's already told me I'm going to fail at trying to count them. It's right here in the word of God. It says you're going to fail at counting them because there's too many that you can count. Now, I'm going to try. I'm going to start writing as many down as I can because that encourages us. It brings us hope, as Paul said last week. The more we hear the testimonies, the more hope we have. And that hope then, mixed with the faith that we can have from Jesus because of what he did on the cross, that faith and that hope coming together says, my life can be marked by miracles. My life can be marked by miracles. And I want look to look at this morning how to go do that. Twelve healings last week. And I'm telling you, there was healing circulation. I mean, come on. I mean, what does that even mean? Circulation. Done in Jesus' name. Done in Jesus' name. Oh, yeah, my dad's watching today live, I think. Hey, Dad, happy Father's Day on Facebook. Yep, 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 yep. And here's what the Lord keeps telling me. This is great, all these healings, and I'm writing them down, and this is awesome. But you know what? It's not enough. It's not enough yet. Not enough healings. Not enough salvations, not enough those being baptized in the Holy Spirit, not enough marriages being restored. It's not enough yet. And you know what, church? It's never going to be enough. We are going to continue to pursue this. We're going to continue as a church to go after it. I'm going to continue to encourage you that wherever you go to take the testimonies, either of your own or one that you just heard, and go share it with somebody. Go share it with somebody. In fact, there's a family in the church who uh, had some things going on in their life, and they weren't sure what they should do, if they should go somewhere else, if they should leave Erie or not. And you know what? The Lord said to stay. And guess what happened? They started being able to have opportunity after opportunity to share the message of Jesus Christ to those that they work with. This is what he wants. This is what he wants. He wants our lives to be marked by miracles. So we started looking at the Lord's Prayer And we were going to start walking through each portion of the Lord's Prayer and start looking at how do we live a life marked by miracles based upon the Lord's Prayer. This is what Jesus told us how to pray. So if Jesus told us how to pray this way, then I'm pretty sure that this is how we should pray. And in in Matthew, I'm going to skip down a little bit. I'm going to skip to verse 8. It says, therefore, do not be like them, which means do do not pray this prayer in vain repetitions. I'm not going to go over that again. We did that two weeks ago. For your father knows the things you need before you ask him. Again, just like in Job. He already knows what you need before you even ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven. We're going to stop there. We're going to spend some time right there. It's Father's Day, yes. So how be it that we don't talk about our Father who is in heaven. And when I read this, how many of you actually have ever seen God the Father? Raise your hand. Okay. We have not seen God the Father. Some of you maybe had a visitation from Jesus. Maybe there's things that happen, and I truly believe that that happens. But you have no, none of us have seen God the Father. But we know He exists. How do we know that he exists? Well, he exists because we can sense his presence. We know who he is. And by faith, we grab a hold of him and say, you know what? God is who he says he is. And he will do what he says he can do. So the key to knowing and the key to praying this entire prayer is faith. The key to praying the entire Lord's prayer is faith. Because you open it up with our Father. You don't even, you haven't even seen him. You're praying to somebody you haven't even seen, but I know him because I have a relationship with him. How do you know? How do you know? Because I have one by faith, because I know he cares for me. I know that he loves me. I know that he is my father who is in heaven. So we pray by faith. So I want to look at what the Bible talks about in faith. What does faith mean? In in my view, we can't even begin to pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray without having faith. In Romans 117, it says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. So what this is saying is we need to live by faith. We need to pray in faith. We need to believe in faith. We need to walk by faith. We want to live a life of miracles. We have to live a life of faith. The Bible over and over says your faith has made you whole. The faith, Your faith is what made this happen. So we need to know how to build our faith. What does it mean? So I looked up in the Bible. There's a bunch of different types of faith. Not types of faith. Levels of faith. Okay, there's like no faith and then there's the greatest faith. So I want to go through just a couple of those levels of the different levels of faith and I want to focus the rest of our time on the greatest faith. Because there's something in this passage of scripture regarding the greatest faith that we can latch a hold of and we can understand something that I had not seen before that I want to share with you and I think it's good. You all probably be like, Pastor Jason, we already knew this, but thank you for sharing again. That's okay. Okay, so the first one is no faith. No faith. You can write this down if you're taking notes. Mark 9, 19. And he answered him and said, Oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long should I bear with you? Bring him to me. So his disciples were trying to heal somebody. It wasn't happening. And he's talking to his disciples saying, Faithless generation, you don't have any faith. Are you kidding me? These are the disciples that walk with Jesus. And he's just like, no, no, no. You're like down here right now. You are down here right now. And we want to move in our faith up the faith ladder. There's misplaced faith. In Luke 8, 24 and 25, this is misplaced faith. He arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and it was calm. And he said, where is your faith? Like, where did it go? Like, you believed for this, but now there's winds and storms going around, and you're like... You don't believe anymore. What happened? So we can have misplaced faith in our life. There's little faith, Matthew 14, verse 30 and 31. This is, this is Peter's walking on water. Are you kidding me? He's calling this little faith. This is, this is like, woo. come on, little faith. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. So, wait a second. So, we're down here with disciples with no faith. Now we got a disciple who just walked on water and we're calling it little faith. Oh. Oh my goodness, this is little faith. How I want to get to the greatest faith. The walking on the water is like, that's, psh, who needs that? We got more to believe in. God wants to do more than just walking on water. There's only a few people that could see that. God wants us to have faith that moves mountains. That moves mountains. Then there's some weak faith. Romans 4, verse 19. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own, by talking about Abraham, already dead, since he was about a hundred years old. And in his deadness of Sarah's womb, but, he went, but what does he have in verse 20? Strong faith. We're starting to get there. We're getting there. We're moving up the ladder. Now we got Abraham, the father of faith, is we're talking that he has strong faith. So we're getting a little bit better. But we're not to the greatest faith yet. Strong faith. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. Praise God for Abraham's example. He did not waver. How many of you have been believing something year after year after year after year after year and you still have not seen it manifest in your life but that doesn't mean you don't you stop believing. Continue to believe. Continue to believe in faith. You may have asked for supernatural healing and you didn't get it yet. Well, come back again and we're going to pray again. And come back again and we're going to pray again. And then you say, Heavenly Father, what is blocking this healing power that you have available for me in my life? Teach me what it is. Show me what I have to remove. What sin is blocking this? And ask him what it is. He will show it to you. He will show it to you. He is a healing God. Guys, he doesn't change. Jesus Christ was the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the same healing power of Jesus is available today as it was yesterday. And the Bible talks a lot about what it looked like yesterday. If it's available today, then we have to continue to figure out how to seek it and find it. And God heals in many different ways, but we got to continue to press in. Don't give up, just like Abraham. Now we're at strong faith. He believed, he was strengthened in his faith, he gave glory to God. Now I want to look at uncommon faith, great faith. This is faith that goes above and beyond. This is faith that is not normal. This faith can be found in Matthew 8. And I want to read just the scripture first, and then we're going to go into the details. When Jesus heard it and marveled, he said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith. Not even in Israel. That's Matthew 8.10. This is great faith. The word here means enormous. Oh, my goodness. So we got disciples walking on water, and he's saying, ah, little faith. I want to know what this guy knew. I want to know what the centurion knew for Jesus to look him in the eye and say, I have not found such great faith anywhere that I've been. Come on. Don't you want to know what he knows? I want to live a life like the centurion lived. This is, this is important for us to know. This is not normal. This is uncommon faith. So I want to back up and to start in verse 5. Matthew 8. I want to start in verse 5. Team, if you can follow with me, you're there. Okay. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. This is the guy you're going to find out has the greatest faith. What did he do? He went to Jesus. He went to Jesus. You want to have the greatest faith? You've got to go to Jesus. Jesus. You know, we talk about the woman with the issue of blood, but she went to doctors for 12 years or 14 years, I can't remember exactly. She went to doctor after doctor, and what did it say? It just cost her a lot of money. Now, I'm not telling you all to stop going to the doctor, but what I'm telling you to do is to go to Jesus first. Go to Jesus first. The centurion, the one with the greatest faith, we want to have the greatest faith, something issue comes up in our life, something happens into our life, it's Jesus first. Jesus, what's going on? What do you have for me? What's happening here? Lord, I need your help. He went to Jesus. And it's interesting because he sought him out. And why did he seek him out? Because he heard what Jesus was doing. He had to have, I mean, why would you seek somebody out if you don't even know that they exist? If you don't even know what they're doing? This is why these miracles are so important. This is why these testimonies are so important because it builds us up and says, yes, Jesus is real. He is who he says he is. He will do what he says he will do. Salvation, what he did on the cross is so much more than just salvation. We've got to get our heads wrapped around that. I am, I, sometimes I get, I am amazed. I'm absolutely amazed that we can believe that God will take us from this earth and take us to heaven, yet we don't believe that God wants to heal something in our body. it's true, I mean, sometimes I struggle with it too. I get it. My shoulder was hurting the other day. I was Facebook Live in when Brother Paul was was calling it out on shoulders and healing. But we believe that he can take us to heaven, a place we have not seen, but we think he can't heal our shoulder. We have a good God. He can do this. He wants to go do this. So the centurion sought out Jesus. What was he doing? Jesus was healing. He was performing miracles. He had a life that was marked by miracles. Verse 7 says, and Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. This is the response of Jesus. Every time. Every time. I will come and heal him. The only time Jesus could not perform miracles was when? In his own hometown because they lacked faith. They lacked faith. So if we have faith in Jesus, Jesus comes every single time. Sometimes he comes immediately. Sometimes he comes through somebody else. Sometimes he comes from a healing anointing. Sometimes it happens in the presence of God. Sometimes it happens by the prayer of faith. Sometimes it happens by the prayer of agreement. Sometimes it happens by reading the word of God. Sometimes it happens when we just begin to worship God. Sometimes it happens many, many different ways. But every time, Jesus says, every time, I will come and I will heal. This is what he says. I will come and I will heal So Jesus' response is, yo, yo, let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's go. Verse uh, verse 8. The centurion answered and said, this is is where we're going to learn something here today. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, roof, but only speak a word. Only speak a word and my servant will be healed. You see, the centurion humbled himself. What does it say in 1 Peter? Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. To have the great faith, uncommon faith, not normal faith, we have to walk and understand that he is who he says he is. He will do what he says he will do. This centurion had such trust, such faith. When we have this such a faith, we say, Lord, give me more says, for I am also a man under authority. Now he's explaining to Jesus, hey, just so you know Jesus, I'm going to let you know why I think this. Right? So he's going to go to a little explanation. So Jesus was probably like pretty quiet after this. You ever have a conversation with someone and you say something and then they don't say something back? And then there's a the silence. And many of us begin to fill the silence with something. So it's not like Jesus didn't know this. But I believe he, Jesus was silent and he was building the centurion's faith at the very same time and he wanted to reveal to us the secret, the key to having the greatest faith. And here it is. Centurion asked him, he said, Lord, I'm not worthy, you come under over. only speak the word. So the man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this one, go and he goes, and to another, come and he comes, and to my servant, do this and he doesn't. This is the link to understand the greatest faith He understood authority. The man who understood authority was recognized as the one who had the greatest faith. Church, this is like, this is big to me. This was just like, whoa. Are you serious? So if I want to grow in my faith and I want to read the Word of God and listen to messages and faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God, what I have to do is I have to understand the authority of who God is, what He says He will do, when He says He will do it, who Jesus is, and how I sit in this family with God the Father. It's Father's Day. Guess what, church? We have the greatest authority as our Father. Father in heaven. He is the greatest authority everywhere, this entire universe that we can't even see, can't even fathom. He is our dad. He's our father. We have access to the most powerful presence in the entire universe. We have to understand the authority that God has. We have to understand the authority then that he has transferred to us. And fathers, I'm going to talk to you here in just a minute, so get ready. Get ready. Then Jesus heard it. He marveled and said to those who followed him, Surely I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I find this interesting is he said it. He wanted to let everybody know. Hey, just so you know, this guy has got more faith than all the rest of you. This guy has got more faith than all the rest of you and he was making a point and i truly believe so it could be recorded by recorded by scripture that the one who had the greatest faith is the one who understood authority who understood god's place god's place in our lives so i want to explore this a little bit more and i want to use this as an example and liz and i have been we talk about this as a, as an example i want you to walk away with this as being something that you can understand Fathers, specifically you, single moms, those who are your head of the household in which you are operating in your family structure, this is very, very important for you to hear this morning. When you understand authority, you understand who has the power and where the power comes from. Say it again. When you understand authority, you understand who has the power and where that power comes from. You understand that you are under that authority and that you understand that when you call on the power and that authority, they come. So here's the example. If an intruder came into your house, I know what some people would do. Okay, those who are armed and dangerous here. I know what some of you would do. I get that, but bear with my example here. If an intruder came into your house, what do you do? You call the authorities. You call the authorities. Because that thing, that person, is not to be in your home. That person is intruding in your home. They are not to be there. And the people that can get them out is the authorities. And so what happens is, is in our lives, dads, fathers, husbands, listen to me, we have allowed the door of our homes to be open. We have allowed sickness, we've had allowed disease, we've allowed strife, we've allowed these things to come into our home, and then we let them stay. And what the centurion was understanding, what he understood is that, hey, if I say go, you need to go. If there is sickness in your home, you have to say, you know what, go in Jesus' name. If there is rebellion in your home, you have to say, no, go in Jesus' name. That doesn't mean you attack the person, because guess what, guys? The battle is not against flesh and blood. The battle is not against each other. The battle is against Satan. And the dark forces and his powers that he thinks he has, they cannot stay in my home. And they cannot stay in your home and you need to shut that door and say you know what you need to go in Jesus name you need to take authority and look at that intruder right in the eye and say you know what you need to go in Jesus name and it takes faith to do that and here's what the bible is telling us is this centurion had the greatest faith And the greatest faith understands authority. So dads, fathers, husbands, as the head of the household, you need to understand the authority that God has given you. You need to understand that God, he has given you authority to say to that intruder, go in Jesus' name. Whatever it might be, whether it's sickness, whether it's disease, whether it's a relationship challenge, you need to be able to say go in Jesus' name and then get on your knees and begin praying. This is exactly what the centurion understood. Exactly what he understood. He understood that that intruder must go. In 1 John 3, verse 1, it says, In what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, I don't have this up on the, on the overhead, that we should be called children of God. We are in His house. We are in His family. And when you're in His house, in His family, guess what? None of the other stuff can stay. The intruders can't stay. Men, we need to take a step up and say, Men, this is my house. This is my spouse. This is my wife. These are my children. And sickness, disease, you no longer can be here. And it has to go in Jesus' name. The authority that God has given us is to use the name of Jesus to cast out every demon. To use the name of Jesus to see our family healed. You know, this revival thing that we're talking about, it starts right here. It starts with you. It starts with me. It starts right here. It's transforming the way we think, the way we act, the way we believe, and we're looking for, and we are going to be a church that has the greatest faith. Because guess what? We're going to be a church that takes authority over the things of the enemy. Praise All right, that's good. I'm going to read this to you. This was something that was given to us, and it's speaking about not just Liz and I personally, but it's speaking about this church. And I want to end with this because I want you to understand what I'm talking about, what this means. When we build and we ask God for the greatest faith, he is expecting us now to take authority over the things that are in our life. He's given us every power that we need. The same power that rose Christ from the dead lives on the inside of us. It's the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. Rivers of flowing, that's flowing out of us. No longer a lake that's just sitting on the inside. No longer shall the people in these pews sit here like lakes with the Holy Spirit. It's no longer good enough, church. It's no longer good enough. Rivers of living water coming out. And here's what's going to happen. God says this. This is a word from the Lord. You are about to enter into God's season of acceleration and and breakthrough and outpouring. Acceleration of breakthrough and outpouring. God said that the vision is way too small. Your eyes Ears, heart, and imagination has not yet begun to see the signs, wonders, and miracles that are in God's pipeline for this ministry. Church, come on. I haven't heard anybody start clapping yet. Let me say it again. Maybe the, I know the mic's on now because I can hear it just fine. Your eyes, ears, heart, and imagination has not yet begun to see the signs, wonders, and miracles that are in God's pipeline for this ministry. Look to the prayer of Jabez. You are the church, and you're going to start ruling and reigning the way God intended. And it starts now. We have been functioning with a dominion mindset, but now we are moving into a higher form of dominion, and it's called termination, where we actually destroy the kingdom of hell and its cohorts. This is what I'm talking about. This is taking the authority and speaking God's word over your situation. This is not just for the church. It's for you. It's for me. It's for our lives. This is what He has in store for us. We are moving to terminating the plans of the enemy. And that means they stop. When it's terminated, it's over. It's not just thwarting it. It's not moving it to the side. It's not so it can come back again. When you terminate an intruder, what happens to the intruder? Done. 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 There's a big difference between saying, you know, okay, could you please leave and saying, done in Jesus' name. Yet, we have the authority that Jesus has given us to take that intruder and say, you know what, you are terminated, you are done. Terminated, I love it. Conquering words come out of our mouths. How does this happen? When conquering words come out of our mouth, hell will tremble. The prophetic boldness will come over you in this church and many will be saved, many will be healed, and many will be delivered. So we shall lead under the strict guidance of the Holy Spirit. According to your faith, so be it unto you. According to your faith, so be it unto you. The greatest faith understood authority. And when you understand authority, you can speak to the enemy and say, go in Jesus' name. And it has to go. Men, this is women, this is for everybody in here today, but I'm encouraging you men. As head of the household, he is saying to us today, take the authority that God has given you over your home and say no in Jesus' name. Take the intruder and terminate them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Father, for the word of God. We thank you, Father, that we can be encouraged. Thank you, Father, that we... that we can have the authority that you've given us. Father, help us to use it. Help us to use it. Father, strengthen us. Strengthen us, men, to not lead with fear and condemnation, but to lead with prayer and with our words and with taking the authority that God has given us. Father, even now, we take authority over the spirit of fear and say, you must go. The spirit of strife, you must go. The spirit of sickness, you must go. The spirit of disease, you must go. And it must go in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you what you're doing in this church. Father, I thank you what you're doing in our lives. Father, strengthen us to have, to understand this great faith this uncommon faith, this faith that is beyond what we can recognize and imagine, but it's because you we can begin to develop this kind of faith. Father, thank you that you do immeasurably more than we could ask or that we could imagine. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So guys, you are dismissed. The small group leaders will be coming up front. If uh, you have a prayer need in your life, if you want to see healing happen in your life, if you want to see baptism in the Holy Spirit, don't leave today. Come up. These people are anointed to be able to pray for you and they'll stand in agreement with whatever it is in your life. Happy Father's Day. Don't forget to grab the popcorn on the way out and enjoy the rest of your day.
0: Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.